podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy, James Bachelor, and Ben Ayton. We are here to talk about the Arsenal defeat, unfortunately, and uh, we, we're back, which is good um, for us. You know, a few technical problems last week meant there was no reaction to the Southampton pod, but basically, to sum it up, it was a shit game and we were shit. So, um, <laughs> but no, we, we're delighted to be back um, talking about the game. Like I said, unfortunately, we are going to be reviewing another defeat, um, not uh, what we wanted from the game at the Emirates. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about our thoughts because it, it definitely could have gone a different way. Um, but before we do so, we'll, we'll check in with the other guys. So, Ben, starting with you, um, you're not able to stay with us for the duration of the podcast because you are going to play football as it's a Monday night as we record. Um, how's things for you, mate? How's things? It's been, I think, what, a couple, maybe two weeks since we've heard from you on air and... How's everything been, mate? Yeah, I've been, I've been good, mate. Um, I've not really done much, to be honest. I've, I, I look back to the last couple of weekends and I'm like, what have I actually done? But I don't think I've actually done anything. So um, nothing to report my end. Um, like you say, I'm, I'm a quick cameo appearance for me tonight. I'm off to play six-a-side football up at Hemel Hempstead Football Club. So I've got that to look forward to. Um, to be honest, I'm having the best season at the moment. I've, I've never scored so many goals this season. It's just a shame my team's actually not performing that well. What position um, do you play, Ben? I'm actually the striker in our side. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Could have done with you yesterday, mate. <laughs> it does help when you captain the side so you can put yourself wherever you want. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm the striker. Um, our good friend, Mike, Chris, Chris Pearson, he plays with us as well and is a very talented guy. He plays just behind me. But yeah, I'm actually top goal scorer at the moment. So hopefully to bag a couple more tonight. So let's see how it happens but yeah if anyone's interested in joining a six side football team and you live in the Hemel area let me know because we are struggling for players as well so that's my little um little advertisement um but how are you yeah. how are you doing Mike I heard you um you went on Instagram live last night after a few drinks um uh, how'd that go oh god yeah so um I mean before we address that sort of scenario <laughs> situation um, I've been doing all right, to be fair, mate, as, you know, I went down to Birmingham for the first time in a month the other week. I think, I don't think I mentioned that because the last time I would have mentioned that would have been the Southampton pod, which we weren't able to put out. So, yeah, I was down in Birmingham, went down for the first time in a month to manage the lads, and then it got called off because of the torrential rain. So, bloody typical, you know, went all that way and it was called off. Um, still, spent the day productive in the pub so uh yeah uh, and then 
the weekend just going, it's been quite busy for me, actually. I mean, Friday, watched the Southampton Villa game. So it was a nice chilled one. Saturday, I went into Birmingham for the day because we had my football team had a cup game. Uh, we unfortunately lost 3-2, but we were 3-0 down at half-time and we were brilliant in the second half. So, yeah, uh, disappointed to lose that. And then I travelled back on back to Nottingham on the Saturday uh, because yesterday, uh, as Ben is alluding to, I did go on Instagram Live. And for those that watched it either on my personal account or the, uh, the Voices of the Vic account, which apologies if there was any language there shouldn't have been when I was on that. I, I don't think I realised that I was on the podcast account one when I, when I first went on. Uh, I was actually at the game yesterday. So um, I think I've mentioned it before, but my boss is a big, big Arsenal fan and um, he knows someone that he, he can get corporate seats and corporate tickets. So he, he treated me and the other lads from work, took us all down. Uh, our train from Loughborough Station was at quarter past nine. And um, yeah, um, my first alcoholic beverage was consumed not even five minutes into the journey. Uh, and then we didn't get back until... That's late I, for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was a Sunday. So I thought I, I, I was generally, uh, genuinely, sorry, I, I was meant to be working today. Um, but I, I sort of did some, some work, but... We didn't do a full day, full day's work. So uh, I thought I'm going to be sensible about it. And um, I wish that the Mike Duffy that walked in at half past midnight last night told me that I was going to be sensible. So I think the plan was go there, watch the game and then come back to sort of Nottingham area and have a few drinks and then call it a night. Um, but yeah, we didn't leave London until five past uh, ten uh, at night. So... Yeah, um, quite the day. So yeah, again, apologies if I've, uh, if if there was any language that was used on the Instagram live that um, that was uh, yeah wasn't the best. But uh, or you might have laughed your head off because I was so drunk. But yeah, that's that's what I tend to do when I've had a drink. Unfortunately, good day out. Um, a good day out overall, other than the result. And um, James, I know you were there as well. How's how's things been with you, mate? You you been all good? Yeah, right, mate. You know, like Ben, not being not been getting up to my, much. Just looking forward all week to, to the Arsenal game. Um, and as yeah. you say, look, it was a good day out, good atmosphere in in the away end. But yeah, as you say, unfortunate um, we couldn't uh, we couldn't get a result. And there was a number of reasons for that. <clears throat> Kevin yeah. Friend, um, that I'm sure we'll, <laughs> we'll get into later in the pod. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I won't I won't say what it says on my screen. But for for those that obviously can't see this. Uh, we're using a platform called StreamYard to record this. And uh, it asks you for a display name so that you know who's speaking. I mean, we'd know who would speak anyway. <laughs> um, let's just say Ben's not actually put his name. He's put Kevin Friendly's uh, and then you can probably guess the uh, <laughs> the word after it. So that's Ben's thoughts on Kevin Friends. And yeah, so I, I think that was a, the thought process of every Watford fan in that way and yesterday. James, um, was that your first trip to the Emirates? That was my first trip. Nice, no, that was my third. So I went for the Guadiora uh, FA Cup quarterfinal. And yeah. then I went again, I think it was 18, 19 season I went. And then obviously I went on, on Sunday. So that was my third trip mm. to the Emirates. Well, I must say, uh, very, very impressive stadium. And mm. the facilities there were, were top class. So uh, 
yeah, just a shame I couldn't mark my first appearance there with a seeing a Watford win. Um, let's start it's quiet, isn't it? Uh, it is, you know what? It is, mate. It, it is. Um, yeah, I, I was sort of surprised, but then again, not really surprised. Uh, I mean, I was in the obviously, I was in the sort of posher area or I was in the corporate seat, so it was, um, I, I'd, obviously, there's not going to be much of an atmosphere in that sort of area because they tend to be your day trippers and uh, and, and people uh, like that. But uh, I did actually meet a Watford fan um, in that area, uh, Edward Hater. So, Eddie, if you're listening, it was good to see you, mate, and hopefully we can catch up again uh, at some stage. But, um, yeah, it's um, the atmosphere wasn't great. I thought it would be better than that. But, yeah, hey-ho, it is Arsenal after all. Um Let's dive straight into the action then. Uh, in terms of the team moves, he, there was, I think, was it one or two changes? I, I, my memories. <laughs> was it five? <laughs> yeah, he, cha- he basically changed the whole uh, back four, didn't he? Oh, Christ. Okay, that's good for right. me then. You um, can tell you had a few yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, one change? <laughs> one change? No, five. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so the, the team was, um, it was fostering goal. Danny Rose and Kulu, Kafka and Femenia. And then it was Tufan, Sissoko and um, it would have been Tufan, Sissoko and Kuchka. Kuchka. And then Saar, Dennis and King uh, for, for the lineup. So, James, obviously five changes. What was your uh, what was your initial reaction when the team news oh. broke yesterday at one o'clock? Yeah. I was, I was a little bit shocked, actually, look, looking at the back line. Uh, Danny Rose coming in, Nkulu coming in, Femenir coming in. So three out of the back four um, were changed from Southampton, which which I found quite drastic, to be honest. I, I didn't think that was um, necessary, but obviously Nkulu's been, been pushing for a start for a while. Um, you know, Danny Rose has, has been our first choice left back this season, largely. Um, and Kiko's just, just come back from that knock. So I was a bit surprised at, at them changes, but, you know, not not overly surprised. Um, Kuchka, we'll discuss him later. Obviously, he, he got his red card. Um, Tufan mm. needs needs more chances, really. And, and Suzoko and Ismail Asar, um, Emmanuel Dennis coming back from, from suspension. That, that was to be expected. And, and Josh King up front. So, you know, it, it was... It was, you know, looking looking at the team, it was, you know, it, it was a good team. Um, but as I said, I, I was surprised at, at the number of changes he, he made defensively. Yeah, Ben, I mean, just sticking with that defence, we obviously saw the return of um, Francisco Sierra on the bench and Trusta Kong on the bench as well. I mean, firstly, was he surprised that he actually dropped Trusta Kong? Because I, I know his performances have come under a little bit of criticism of late, but I, I certainly didn't expect him to be dropped. Uh, and then also um, with Sierra Elta, if he's, would you maybe expecting him to go straight in? Because obviously the news was that he was back in training and that. Um, did you expect or want him to go straight back in or did you think putting him on the bench was the right idea? Uh, the bench was the right idea. You can't have him come back after injury um, straight away because you could risk another injury. And I think that we've seen that before with players. Um, so that would have been too big of a risk. You've, you've seen in Kule gradually get minutes here and there. And he's he's been biding his time before he got his start. And Ranieri said a few weeks ago that he was about three, four weeks away from 
um, getting ready. So I think Arsenal was the right time for him to come back in. And I think that back line needed it, needed that organisation. and needed some of experience, that composure. So he was a welcome addition to that back line. I was shocked to see True Secon came out, but I was actually... Glad that he actually came out of the back line. Look, we've all been a bit critical of our defence this season, and look, we've all I hold my hands up. I've slated Craig Kakoff this season, I've slagged off um, True Secon as well. But I think sometimes when the going's getting tough, you need to take the players out the firing line. And I think uh, Ranieri's done that with True Secon. Look, he's put him on the bench. He's obviously not happy that he's been dropped and he, he's lost his place to Inkule and he watched it from the sidelines yesterday so he's going to be upset he's going to be working really hard to try and get back into a team and that's what competition does for you with players coming back as well Serie A probably sat next to him on the bench as well and he's thinking oh Inkule's just came back into a starting 11 we've got Serie A to come back everyone really rates Serie A who uh, great news to hear that he signed a new five-year deal as well um, Mm. at the club considering he was out of contract at the end of the season that's really good from a club. Hopefully that's a sign of things to come that we're going to focus that defence around Serie Elta. But yeah, um, I was a bit surprised that Danny Rose came back in um, considering that he got ran torrid about um, by um, Mo Salah who was rapid. And then he was up against Saka yesterday as well and I thought, oh, um, Danny Rose is a solid player but when someone that pace runs at him, I think he struggles. So that was a bit of a worry and then Kiko coming in I felt like um, Sars got his best man back and maybe he might have got a bit more joy, a um, bit more attacking intent because Kiko was there, but that didn't work out. <laughs> didn't pan out to be that no, way, did it? Not quite. And I mean, and Kulu, I, I thought was, was superb yesterday. I, I thought, mm. well, he was solid yesterday. Um, you know, you, you see his CV and who he's played for and the appearances he's racked up and perhaps it's not surprising because he has got quite an impressive CV. Uh, and, you know, he he certainly looked uh, a good player yesterday and someone, James, that I think we can definitely, maybe the, the new centre-back partnership is going to be Nkulu and CRL to when they fit. I mean, you only have to cast your mind back to last season when he clicked with Truce to Kong and CRL to last season and everyone was like, this is it, this is what we're waiting for. Is this now going to be, hopefully, the, the start of a new partnership with and Kulu and CRL, do you think, James? Yeah, I think I think I think potentially that that could be the case. And you know, just going back to the bench as well, you know, Truce mm. to Kong and, and Sirielta, who who are our best two centre backs last season in the championship. You know, we had the we had the best defence in in the whole division, and you yeah. know, both of them both of them are on the bench yesterday. And, and Craig Kafka and and Kulu, you know, both of them had had good games. Obviously, Inkulu, um had had the better game out of the two. But yeah, I think you're right. I think you know, Sirielta. Um, and Nkudi is probably the best way to go. By the way, I don't know if you saw, um, but during the week, the club actually tweeted out the the highest speed so far recorded yeah. by Watford what players this season. And I think Syria was second. like third or fourth on that list. Yeah, I think he was second. Yeah. Yeah. I Just was behind like, his Lassar as well. Crazy. And I, yeah, th- no, I that... think that that could uh, um, work really well with Inkule because watching his performance yeah. yesterday, he, his awareness and positioning was brilliant. Very calm on the ball. He, he brought the ball out from the back and he looked good under pressure. But the one thing I noticed yesterday was maybe he lacks that little bit of pace. So if he's got Sirielta next to him, who we've just discovered, who's the second quickest in the Watford team, I think that partnership could work really well, especially with Sirielta winning all the aerial duels as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think this is why we could perhaps start to get a little bit excited in terms of, you know, defences, something that we've we've really struggled with this season and, you know, we, we really should have um, recruited another centre-back. I know to start with, I said that we, we didn't need one, but my God, I think the last few weeks have probably shown that we do. But hopefully with CRL to coming back now, we've got an international break. Uh, I don't know if he's going out to... Um, I don't know if he's been called up to Chile because he's been injured. Uh, but if he hasn't, then the two weeks just training will, will do him good. And hopefully we see him back in that starting 11 against uh, no other than Cristiano Ronaldo against Manchester United. But, oh, God, you're panicking yeah, me already. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> Man, do you know what? This is, the, the Man U game is one of the games that I actually think that we can pick up a result against because they're just so hot and cold at the moment. And... Uh, yeah, so we could be the be final nail uh, in Ollie's coffin. Yeah, well, who knows? Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy at the moment, but yeah, uh, I, I think we can get something there. But yeah, going back to to that game, obviously, and Kulu, you know, really, really impressed with, with his debut. And you can see that I think he'll be a mainstay in the team now. Uh, I think it'd be odd for him to be dropped. Um, but going into the game, Ben, obviously coming off the back of a 1-0 defeat to Southampton when really a lot of people would have looked at that and been like, right, Southampton is a game we need to be winning because they're in and around us, or they were at the time. Uh, we were actually above them before that game and we were at home, so we thought, right, we have to take advantage. Didn't quite work out. So going into the Arsenal game, Ben, was you was you thinking, right, we really, really do need to win now? Or would you like, OK, maybe a draw will do us here or... What was your thought process going into the game? I think picking up the three points away at Everton's definitely helped. And I thought maybe a point at Arsenal would have been good enough. Not like going there and picking up the three points. You know, they was in really good form. They just won for their last three games going into the game against Arsenal. Um, so it was, I wasn't expecting too much out of a team. Um, you, you saw Watford's defensive records of late as well. We've, we've shipped a few goals left, right and centre and if I was totally honest, I thought we was going to see another similar display yesterday where we was going to see maybe three or four go in. Um, We did see about three or four end up in the back of the net, (laughs) but luckily it was just one that counted yesterday. But um, In my head, I was just thinking, get to 15 minutes, get to 30 minutes. We've said this before, you set yourself little targets, don't you, Um, in the game and that's what I was kind of hoping for. But after six minutes, that went out the window. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it sounds like we're incredibly grateful to the officials and the technology that they have, you know, the fact that we did see the ball in the back of the net three times, but we we, we come out with a, a 1-0 defeat. Um, I mean, so many places to start. I mean, firstly, um, me and my boss were talking about this uh, on the way to the game, and I'll be honest, I'm going to hold my hands up. I thought that we were going to see, I, I generally thought the score would be 3-0 to Arsenal. Uh, I just thought that they've picked up form of late. I think they're unbeaten in nine games and uh, they've got seven clean sheets in nine games as well, I think, as well. It's a stat. So, like, they'd picked up form just at the right time. So, I was really, really, like, panicking. I thought, God, well, we could get taken to the sword here. But um, obviously wasn't to be in terms of the scoreline. Uh, but my boss was saying the thing with Arsenal recently is They've been, you know, starting off really quickly and then it just seems to, you know, um, they just seem to kill teams that way and kill them off that way. And he goes, what they needed was an early goal. 
and that way it would have been more. He goes, if the game stays nil-nil for too long, then that's when doubts would start to spread. And, you know, you did, you did mention, uh, I think it was six minutes on the clock, they did have the ball in the back of the net, but um, it was ruled out for offside. How people are saying that they don't know that it's offside uh, is very, very clear to me. Um, the, the, the new, well, I don't even know if it's a new offside rule, but, um, the, you know, with Ben Foster being the keeper, he meant, yeah, you, you, you get what I mean. It, it was an offside. So, um, yeah, it's it, it, a, a stroke of luck, I think, is the word we'll use. Um, was you fearing the worst when that happened, James, despite it being ruled out for offside? Was you thinking, oh, God, that just, it's going to delay the inevitable? Or was you thinking, actually, that's a bit of luck. Maybe we'll get something because luck could be on our side today. Yeah, I mean, up until that point, I think Arsenal had something ridiculous like 80% possession and I was kind of just standing there in, in the stands thinking, you know, is this is this going to be another Liverpool where, you know, we get battered 4-5-6-0. Um, and yeah, the goal went in and, and from the angle I was at, you know, we obviously couldn't tell it was offside because we, we're behind the goal. Um, thankfully, thankfully, it was ruled out. But, you know, up, up to that point, you know, you, you've got to give Arsenal some credit. They dominated possession. And, and you know, t- to be honest, they, they, sh- they should have probably, you know, g- gone ahead there, really. It was just, it was, it was relatively, relatively tight decision. Um, but, yeah, you know, Arsenal, you know, obviously dominated us, that they had the better players. And, and yeah, you know, we, we were fortunate at that point for, for it to get ruled out. And, you know, for the rest of the half, really, Arsenal just dominating possession, making chances, you know, running at Kika Feminir as well. So, yeah, it was, I, I was fearing the worst, put it that way. Yeah, and, you know, obviously that goal was ruled out, as we say, but I I personally, I think as the game went on, yes, Arsenal may have dominated with possession, but I don't think... It, it was a really weird one. Now, listen, I'll put a tweet out on the podcast account straight after the game, and you'll have to excuse me because it didn't make sense. I think someone called me out on it, and um, it, it probably didn't make sense because I'd had quite a few to drink, but I said <laughs> that I thought the scoreline flattered us, but I thought we could have got something from the game. So basically what I'm saying is they should have scored more, but we should have got something. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I think I know what I was trying to say, but it felt like I come away from that game like really disappointed and felt like we we, we could have got something. And I think the, the, the more that it was nil nil, the more we slowly sort of grew into the game a little bit. I think we, we what we lacked was going forward which is really, really strange because we've talked about time and time again on this podcast of the attacking options we've got. You'd think, wow, look at the attacking options we've got. Um, let's hope we can... It's literally going to be wheel saw more than you sort of football. Uh, but it just looked like we lacked anything going forward yesterday. Josh King, you know, tried holding it up a couple of times, but the, the wide men just weren't getting in the positions and... I, mean, I think we used all our goals up against Everton, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it was nil-nil and I thought, OK, let's get to our time, let's get to our time. 34 minutes on the clock. Danny Rose, what on earth he was thinking? And I think this sums up Kevin Friend's sort of day because he didn't give it to start with. Now, for all I know, he might have been told in his ear, look, Kev, that's a penalty, son. Point to the spot. But it seemed like he only did it because of the jeers and the 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 appeals from the Arsenal fans. I mean, to me, it looked like a penalty. I think Danny Rose, yes, he was looking at the ball, but he's bloody elbowed him. And 
You know, it, it was as clear as daylight to me. Um, but I did worry when Aubameyang put that ball down on the spot. I was sat uh, right behind that goal and I was thinking, right, here we go. Get ready to not look like you got it here because you're in a home end and people might spot that you're a Watford fan. Uh, and then next thing you know, Ben Foster, brilliant save down to his right and scoops up the rebound. I mean, he, he, he saved it with his uh, with his leg. So uh, I dare that my sort of most favourite penalty saves they are where you've dived, you're not getting it with your hands, but you, you've somehow clawed it out with, with your leg or your feet or whatever. Um, and yeah, it, it remained 1-0. And... Um, Ben, I thought that Ben Foster was absolutely superb yesterday and he's been getting a lot, a lot of stick recently. Uh, and hopefully, yes, it is only one performance, although I think he's been all right over the last couple of performances. But hopefully that will shut some of the doubters up. Yeah, no, definitely. We, I think look, we've all been chatting about the goalkeeper situation. Is, is it Dan Batman's position or is it Ben Foster's position? But yesterday's performance was Ben Foster's best performance of the season. If it wasn't for Kevin Friend, he would have won man of the match um, because he was outstanding. Um, it wasn't just that penalty save. Fantastic penalty save. Great reaction to get back up to, to dive onto the ball to stop Bamian from slotting it back into the back of the net. But the save he made from uh, Gabriel. Gabriel's um, header from the corner, Beautiful. just fantastic. And then in the second half, he made a save when Nkulo was in front of him. No idea how he saw the ball come through and the reaction to claw that out as well. I thought it was a really top performance from Ben Foster. And, and if we're going off yesterday, Today's performance, I don't think Dan Batman would have maybe made those kind of saves. Uh, I, I could see him making the penalty saves um, because yeah, we, we, we know what Dan Batman brings when it comes to spot kicks and his record for saving them. But there was something about Ben Foster yesterday. It was like he had a point to prove and he, he was just yeah. up for it from minute one and I'm really pleased for him. Credit where credit's due with Ben Foster. Absolutely. And James... Any doubt in your mind now? I think John Parslow tweeted us saying, he tweeted us and I think he tweeted a couple of other Watford podcasts and said that should settle the Backman-Foster debate. Um, you, you've been especially critical of him, James. I've thrown you under the bus a little bit here in recent <laughs> yeah. weeks. But surely, mate, that, that sort of turned it around for you. I thought yesterday his distribution, uh, you know, that's been picked up the last couple of games, that his distribution's been getting better. Uh, but overall, yesterday, uh, he is what kept that score. Um, we'll call it respectable. Uh, you know, one nil's not the end of the world against a team like Arsenal. But he was superb, wasn't he, uh, James? Almost. Said yeah, he, he was but, superb. But I think you've asked the the wrong person that question, really, because I'm still kind of, I'm just, I'm still not sure about him. And for me, it's just you know, look, looking long term, especially you know, Dan Backman. You know, he's, what, mm-hmm. 10, 10, 11 years younger than Foster. Foster's off to come the end of this season. You know, do we really want to risk losing Backman as well just, just to play Foster for the rest of this season? Yes, he had mm-hmm. a fantastic game. Yes, he was he was our man of the match. Um, but then, you know, we, we're forgetting about all the other poor performances that, that, that Ben Foster's put in. So, yeah, look, I'm not going to be critical about him today because, yes, he was absolutely fantastic, top-class performance. But there is still that that doubt that doubt in my mind that you know should should he really be the number one when you know we've got Austria's number one Dan Batman on the bench. I saw someone else say that yesterday about the fact he's Austria's number one. No disrespect to um, you know the people of Austria, but Austria are hardly a 
a brute force in the international game, are they? Like, uh, and again, I mean no disrespect, but I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. He's Austria's number one and that, but I think people are trying to use that to sort of outweigh, um, you know, why Foster shouldn't be playing. I mean, I, I was going to mention it later on because Ben has kindly put together some topics outside of the game, but I'll mention it now because I think it's appropriate to do yeah. so. You mentioned there about Bachmann, you know, being... 10, 11 years senior to, uh, to 10, 11 years younger to Ben Foster and that how he should be number one and all that. But I don't know if today's news or this evening's news maybe indicates that he could be off. Now, for those that don't know what we're talking about, um, we have tonight signed a Nigerian goalkeeper from Sparta, Rotterdam. His name is Maduka Okoye. He's a Nigerian uh, keeper, we've signed him in the region of five million pounds. He joins officially on the first of January, but he's not coming until the summer because he'll stay on loan um, at Sparta Rotterdam for the rest of the season. Now, Ben, does that say to you that we could maybe be seeing the back of Backman? Because you think about it, we got Rob Elliott. I don't know how he's signed on for two years uh, at the start of the season. I think so. He will still be here, but he's obviously never going to really play a part. Um, we know that Ben Foster's not going to be around. Uh, we've got Pontus Dolberg coming back from loan um, in, in the summer. And then we've got Dan Backman. So there straight away are three goalkeepers. That, uh, you know, four, if you include uh, Maduka Okoye, four goalkeepers in the mix for, for one spot. Does that say to you that... Backman could well be off in the summer. Well, a bit more information and Akoy, who we just signed as well. So he signed a five and a half year deal. Obviously, we signed him from Sparta Rotterdam. Um, he's a Nigerian international as well. Watford have announced that he's a highly rated uh, goalkeeper, and Watford have beat a lot of of Europe's biggest clubs to sign him to uh, tie him down on a long term contract. He was Sparta. Um, Rotterdam's player of the season last season as well, uh, where they finished eighth in the league. Um, he's 22 years of old age. Um, so looking at that and hearing all, all that information, I think Watford have got one eyes on thinking Dan Batman's not very happy. He's came out with a statement recently and said he's possibly going to go off in January if he's not going to play. We all know Ben Foster's out of contract at the end of the season. I think Dolberg will probably get another loan move at the end of the season. Um, Jury's out on him. So I'm possibly thinking that Batman might be moving on and this uh, the new guy coming in from Sparta Rotterdam, who knows, he, he could end up being our new number one if Watford think he's that highly rated. He's playing week in, week out over in, in Holland, which is a decent standard. Um, it's yeah. very physical. It's quite like the English football as well. So um, for me, reading all of that this evening, I, I'd say that we are looking for the new era and it's going to be the new Nigerian goalkeeper and saying goodbye to possibly Dan Batman in January. Yeah, really, we could have done with a, a, a little bit of help from our friend, uh, Brendan, um, who, he, James, who fronts up, is it the Watford Netherlands? Um, yeah, so he, he runs the Watford Netherlands supporters group and he literally lives um, in, in Rotterdam. So Sparta Rotterdam uh, is Brendan's local club and yeah, he, he goes to watch them every week. Of course, he, can, he can't make it over to over to the UK to watch Watford. So he's a Sparta fan as well and yeah, he, he rates him really highly. 
um, I was speaking to him before coming on here, actually, and, and he told me he he expects him to to become the Watford number one. So, you know, high okay. praise there from from Brendan out in the Netherlands. So exciting stuff. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll try and get some more um, news on that. And James, I believe you're. Are you speaking to him after this podcast on, on your Yeah, I'm going to do like a channel? 20 minute, half hour video with, with Brendan because obviously he knows mm. much more about him than than we do. So it'll be interesting to get Brendan's thoughts and that'll be out on the Watford Way YouTube channel uh, tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, well, this podcast will be out on the Monday night. So make sure you go and check that out and you'll hear all about that new signing. Brendan will be able to tell you his, his thoughts on him. Uh, obviously, watching him more regularly, he he'll have sort of the best best view on him. So make sure you go and check that out. But uh, listen, back to the game. Obviously, we we're just praising Ben Foster there. Uh, it was nil nil. You know, first half went into the break at nil nil, and I thought, okay, you know, Arsenal could start getting a little bit nervy and impatient, as we know. You know, Arsenal fans sometimes do, and they they expect um, you know so much from the team and. You know, if it's nil-nil against Watford, they're probably going to be thinking, well, hang on a minute, this isn't part of the script. So I thought, OK, we, we might be able to get something. But like I mentioned, you know, going forward, I just don't think we, we had that spark that we, we, we needed, you know, that spark against that that we, we had very much so against Everton. Um, moment of controversy. I mean, all game, Kevin Friend was handing out cards like there was no tomorrow, you know. He obviously thought Christmas had come earlier away. he was handing out all those cards. But I, this has baffled me. Was it two fan? I think two fan went down. Yeah. Danny Rose has got the ball. He kicks the ball out. Uh, you know, he's sort of, he's like, what are we doing? Two fans still on the deck. Are we playing on? Are we? So he's kicked it out in the end. And Arsenal... <laughs> Now, listen, there, there is no written rule in the rule book, FA rule book, to say that if you kick the ball out, you have to give the ball back. So that will be some fans' case. That will be their argument. But, as we know, sporting, you see it at bloody Saturday, Sunday amateur level. And so you'd expect to see it at the top level as well. Um, you know, we kick the ball out for throw. You would expect or hope that Arsenal would then throw it back to us and we'd carry on as we were. Didn't quite work out that way. So they then took the throw in. Uh, I think there was a couple of minutes where they were passing it around. They then get a cross in. Um, I think it was Rose, possibly, or Nkulu that headed it out. Um, Saar got the ball. He was running. It looked like we maybe could have been through or Saar could have been on one of his bursting runs. Maitland-Niles just absolutely body Saar right in front of Kevin Friend. Sar goes down, Kevin Friend don't want to know. Um, then Benjamin White gets the ball back because we then win it back momentarily. Then he puts through, um, I think um, Emil Smith Rowe sort of picks up on a, a loose ball and puts it in the back of the net and we 1 0 down. Now, I remember a similar incident to this. Now, um, the last time I saw something like this was uh, Birmingham away. We'd put the ball out. And Birmingham carried on from the throwing. And if it wasn't for Lloyd Doyley being so aware, he actually got a block into a shot and it didn't go in. But we were fuming with, uh, I think, Lee Clark was the manager of Birmingham City at the time. So that's the only other time I can remember it. But Ben, what, what's your take on it? Well, they obviously didn't give the ball back. But they, As I've said, there's no official rule to say you must give the ball back if they kick it out. I don't know if it was a head injury as well. So... 
again, that argument could have been there. Look, it wasn't a head injury. He didn't have to kick it out, etc. What was your view on the whole thing? Like, not only was it bad with the throwing, we then saw Shah got absolutely bodied right in front of the ref and he didn't give it. Like, you must have just been thinking, what the bloody hell am I watching here? Well, it was unsporting behaviour from Arsenal. Like you say, it's, it's 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 not a written rule or anything, but it's out of respect. If if, if this happened to Arsenal, if, if Watford mm-hmm. did this and then scored off the back of it and we won one nil off, off the back of it, we wouldn't have had the end of this from Arsenal fans or all the big media outlets. Like, I feel like because it's little old Watford, not enough people are talking about it. But yesterday, we were robbed by it. Um, unsupporting... Yeah. Um, behaviour from Arsenal. I'm, I, I love the reaction from Claudio Ranieri at the end to tell him what it was and to get his opinion across because that was bang out of order in my eyes. Um, I'm not just saying it because we've lost because it, it's just, I don't care. If, it's just, you don't do it. Um, I don't think we helped ourselves in that situation though because obviously Tufan went down after a heavy challenge but and then Danny Rose looked up and saw Tufan was still on the floor. But as soon as he put the ball out, Danny Rose, Tufan got back up onto his feet a little bit. And I don't know if Arsenal was thinking, oh, well, he's all right. He's and, all right. And, yeah. and they just carried on. If, if he stayed down and the trainer came on or something, it would have slowed it right down. And then I imagine Arsenal would have played us the ball back. Um, so I'm thinking maybe because the quick the quickness of Tufan to get back onto his feet didn't help the matters at all. Um, and then as for the body check on Saar, it, I don't get why Kevin Friend didn't give us a foul because it was a blatant foul right in front of him. Um, he, Saar got clattered. Um, he, yeah. he touched the ball off for Kushka and Saar started to turn to sprint away like he normally does to set us up on a counter-attack. He was unable to do that because he got body checked by mate in lives and then next minute the ball was in the back of the net. Um, it's just a joke. I was saying to James just off air that it was a terrible refing display again and this isn't a first time. Um, we saw it against Newcastle um, when the Australian ref, Gerard, um, what's his Gillette. surname? Garrett? Gillett was in charge and he was absolutely awful. Um, but who was the fourth of, um, the VAR man yesterday? Mr. Gerard, yeah. Um, so uh, the two most biased referees have cost us the game. Um, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like slagging off a ref if, if I can help it. You know, like, I've been refereed before for seven years. You know, I know just how just how tough it is a job and all that. And you know, I, I try and defend them as much as I can. But my God, the technology we got available now, man, just check the VAR. You know, someone have a word in Kevin Friend's ear, say, look, you know, yeah, Smith Rowe is, you know, made that challenge. And, you know, you, you, you're telling me that Smith Rowe, when that ball, when he scores, you're telling me they can't just, you know, have a check back on the build-up and say, right, actually, yeah, it went in, but it was, a, um, you know, a, a clear foul on Sarr. We're pulling it back. You know, my word, I... I I think when VAR first come in, I think it was a Burnley game. And again, I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but just just to illustrate how, you know, how long it might take for someone to check something and how long into the game you, you might be able to pull something back. I think Burnley were attacking one of the games and, you know, th- there was a penalty show at the other end like, a couple of minutes earlier and th- they were attacking up the other end and the referee stopped the game and says, well, actually, boys... I've just been told in my ear 
that that incident that happened a couple of minutes ago, whenever it was, that's actually a penalty. So he's took it back. It doesn't matter how long the game. Obviously, you know, if it's ten minutes down the line, for God's sake, that's been ridiculous. But it was James. I mean, he would have had enough time. He would when that goal went in. You're telling me when the celebrations are going on, they're not thinking right. We, we should probably check the build up for this. Oh, yeah, there's size just being walked out. Never mind, carry on. Like, what what was going through your mind when you were there? Like, was you just thinking, I can't believe what I'm watching it? Or... Well, well, talking about VAR, I'm sure I read, uh, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I'm sure I read somewhere mm. on Twitter yesterday that it was actually checked. Uh, the, the actual SAR um, and Maitland-Niles foul incident was checked by VAR, but they didn't overrule it because they didn't feel it was a clear and obvious error. But then my Jesus. thoughts on that would be, well, if they deem that to be a foul and Kevin Friend hasn't given it as a foul and it's led mm. to a goal, that is a clear and obvious error. So I don't know why. Um, I don't know why they've not overturned it. It, it. it really is baffling. And, you know, in in the ground, again, just from, from where I was, I, did, I didn't have a great view of the actual incident, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, watching it back on, on Sky afterwards and, and the slow-mo replays, I mean, it's, you know, it's the clearest foul you'll see, especially considering as well that Kuchka... Um, got a second yellow card for a very, very similar incident towards the end of the game. And, you know, Kevin's friend was was very much happy to, to book him and, you know, didn't even take any notice of Maitland-Niles. So, yeah, very peed off um, about that incident. And, and yeah, just, just sums up our day, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think the reason we're so annoyed is because it ultimately has cost us the game. Like, that goal shouldn't have stood. And, listen, who's to say that if that goal didn't stand... They they wouldn't have gone on and scored another goal because let's be honest they were they were the better team uh, they did dominate possession so listen we we might have got off uh, we, you know we, that might have been pulled back but then they might have thought right you know come on lads let's bump it up another gear and they might have gone on to score another one or two or whatever but I think it's just frustrating because the technology's there as we've said and it just feels like sometimes. I don't want to be one of these fans to say this because I, I don't believe it's true, but it's just it does feel like a, a big six bias. Granted, Arsenal aren't in in the so called big six anymore, but it does feel like there is a bias towards you know when you see decisions like that towards bigger teams. Um, so it, it is frustrating, and I mean you know Watford's uh, Twitter admin certainly was frustrated as well. He said. <laughs> Shah receives treatment, having been wiped out in the build-up to the goal. Yeah. And he's fine to continue. So, yeah, I mean, that sums it up. And it's frustrating because ultimately it has cost us a game. And my God, what a point it would have been if we did manage to hang on. If that goal was ruled out, that would have been, you know, some some point to, to pick up away from home. And, you know, God, I, I got absolutely blind drunk and we lost 1-0. So, God knows what would have been. I could be bloody hung on to a draw. Um, for for those that um, haven't heard Ben speak in a while, he has now had to shoot off to go and score some goals for his uh, six-a-side team up at Hemel. But as he said earlier in the show, if you are local to Hemel Hempstead uh, and you do want to play football, I think it's six-a-side on a Monday night, uh, then do message the, the podcast account or Ben's personal account as they are looking for uh, for players. So, yeah, good luck to Ben on that. But, um James, moving on from that disappointing yeah. incident and the goal, um, we did see João Pedro come on. Now, for those that didn't see the terribly sad news in the week, that João Pedro did lose his stepfather. I think he had a heart attack. 
uh, in the week and um, yeah, it's terribly sad news and uh, our thoughts are obviously with Xiao and his family and friends um, and you know, we, we didn't think he'd be playing so the fact that he was in the squad and he did come on in the end, um, you know, it, it was good to see. Probably, you know, he, he just wants to carry on and play his football. I'm sure his stepfather was a very proud man, uh, you know, watching what Zhao had achieved and, you know, playing in the Premier League and getting a, that move over to England and everything. So I'm sure he'd be uh, he'd smiling down on him watching him play. But, um, yeah, we, we, we saw the, the substitution of Zhao Pedro and then, uh, not long after as well, we, we saw the uh, substitution of Emmanuel Dennis coming off for, for Chucha Hernandez. Uh, for me, I mean, I, I thought Pedro was a little quiet. So, um, you know, maybe the, the incident that happened in the week maybe factored to that a little bit. But for me, uh, well, firstly, James, um, did, did you feel that it was right to bring on João Pedro because of what had happened? Um, it's it's obviously a difficult one for us to judge because you know we're yeah. not, um, you know we're not in Jao Pedro's head. Obviously, we don't know we don't know where he's at mentally. Um, I'm sure mm-hmm. you know if Pedro travelled with the squad, I'm sure that was his own decision. And you know, I'm sure Ranieri probably um, probably asked him before he brought him on. And I actually I actually disagree with you, Mike. I actually think that Pedro, um, when he was on the pitch, made made more of an impact than than Tufan did. I've not been. Um, I've not really been overly impressed with Tufan. You know, when he joined, there was Turkish fans saying that that he was the Turkish Paul Pogba. I've not really, I've not really seen anything, um, anything well, of that. What Paul Pogba's so. been shit recently, so maybe that's what they meant. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but no, I, th- I think Pedro uh, is definitely more direct. I think his dribbling, a bit, dribbling ability as well is is a lot superior to, to Tufan. So I do think he offered more. Um, but obviously, you know, if, if that sad incident hadn't had happened, then, then maybe we, we would have seen the best of him. But I think as fans um, as well, we've just got to get behind him. And, and he got a good reception when, when he come on, come on as well, which is was, was really good to see. Um, someone who did think was, you know, looked to make things happen when he come on, Chucho Hernandez, he's come under a bit of criticism this season, you know, um, scored his goal on the opening day against Villa and, um, you know, he's been a bit up and down with his performances since. But I thought when Hernandez come on, uh, I, I thought he was quite direct and he was the one looking to make things happen. I mean, I, I can't remember if it was you or Ben that said this in the group chat, but he said he can't cross for shit. But uh, I mean, a couple of crosses he tried and they just went straight to Ramsdale. So that was yeah. a bit frustrating. But uh, I thought other than that, I thought he, he, he played pretty well. You know, he was looking at, you know, making those runs. He was taking on the players, which is what we needed to see. Is it, do, do you agree with me on that? Or was yeah, your viewpoint a little bit different? He kind of just played like like he had no fear, really. I mean, I think with Kucho, he's still very raw. Um, you know, he, he keeps bringing out the same tricks, you know, cutting inside and yeah. trying to whip the ball in, into the top corner. He, he did do that a few times at the Emirates. Um, sadly, mm. didn't come off. But he was direct. And I think Ranieri actually... Uh, spoke about that in in one of his press conferences, saying you know in training he's he's scoring loads of goals and he, he basically said you know he, he likes to run um straight towards the goal and that's what he wants from from his players. So Kucho, um, good display from him. Um, I still don't think he's he's quite ready to to start Premier League matches yet. I just think that sometimes he he can maybe be a bit selfish or as you say some of his crosses weren't that great. You know I think that I think we could say that for for a lot of our attacking players. But good display from him and, and hopefully we can continue to to see that from him in in the coming weeks. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, and yeah, he, he's. I, I really want him to do well. You know, all that all that hype and how long we've had to wait to to see him play for Watford. And you know, there, there were rumours that he might have joined the. He might have actually played for us sooner than he has done, and he's sort of like, right, this is it now, and it's it is feeling a bit like meh, especially because he scored on the opening game of the season, and he's not really done much since. And as you say, feels a bit like a, a one-trick pony. And um, but I, I thought yesterday was looking to make things happen. So um, looks a lot better yeah. than um, than our friend Andre Gray, anyway. <laughs> well, he must have been bloody scoring loads in training because he kept getting picked at some stage last season. So, <laughs> training, obviously, I don't know what goes on in training, but I'm, I, I'm, I might sort of pack my boots up and, and go down for a day, one day, see yeah, if I can definitely. Uh, I'd love to get see in. that. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, we were close, sort of, to seeing an equaliser, and my God, it would have made my day. Um, you know, sitting next to my boss and that. To be fair, he didn't gloat as much as I thought he would. Uh, I think I maybe was resigned to the fact that I thought we were going to lose before the game. Uh, the ever the uh, the optimist I am, but um, Josh King, bit of a quiet day as I said earlier. James didn't really have much service, much to work with, so he sort of fed off scraps. But uh, there was a little bit of a mix up between Ramsdale and um, and Ben White, I think it was. Yeah. And Josh King took it round Ramsdale, but it was a really tight angle. I felt that he probably could have maybe took an extra touch or sort of positioned his body a little bit better um, and maybe got a little bit closer as well. Uh, but ultimately, he couldn't quite find the angle and he hit the side netting. What was your thoughts on the, uh, the shot? Do you think he had maybe a little bit more time or do you think he had to shoot there and then? Well, it all, it all happened within like a matter of a couple of seconds. So, you know, I, yeah. think, I think us, uh, you know, criticising Josh King for, for missing that is, is very harsh. And um, what I would say is maybe he, he could have squared that to Saar. Saar was, was yes. free in the area. Um, and, you know, if, if he gives that to Saar, Saar's pretty much got, got an open goal to aim at. So, you know, on another day, maybe maybe he would have done that. But I think, you know, his eyes lit up, obviously, you know, whose eyes wouldn't light up in that situation. Um, and as Absolutely. you say, you know, the angle was so, so tight. I mean, I'd only expect the best players to, to score from that position. Um, was unlucky, but as you say, it, w- it wasn't really his day. And, you know, that chance come come from a Ramsdale mistake. We didn't actually create that chance ourselves. Um, it came no, I... via an Arsenal mistake. I think we only had one shot on target the whole game, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the other chance which I can really remember was uh, Kushka in the uh, in the first half and he, he put it wide. It was deflected, I think. Uh, so Ramsdale really... Um, he, you know, I think he's probably saved the uh, the kit man uh, washing his kit because the Arsenal fans love him though, don't they? I mean, they they were chanting his name at, at the end of the game, and you know, he's, yeah, he has done I really mean, well for them. And you know, do you know I what? Think... I'm... Yeah, sorry, sorry, go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no okay. what I was, was going to say was, you know, Ramsdale for me. Um, I'm very critical of... I mean, we've literally gone right away from Watford here, but I, I think for Ramsdale, I think his aim's probably to to challenge for that England number one spot. And, you yeah. know, on performances like that and in recent weeks as well, you know, the save he made against Leicester was was superb. So he's, he's in fantastic form. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to, to see him push for that England number one spot. Yeah, and if you are, you know, listening to this, it hasn't accidentally... Your, your phone or your device hasn't accidentally switched over to 
an, an AFTV podcast. It, we, this is still Voices of the Big, but uh, I just wanted to go on that as well and, and say that yeah. uh, I have been quite critical of Ramsdale before because I really didn't see the hype in the fact of a goalkeeper that had been relegated two seasons in a row. I know he won player of the season in, in one of those seasons, but uh, he's shown his, his good fortune and it'll be good for the country. It's good to see him perform for the country. I think you probably can uh, can get that England number one spot soon. But yeah, like I said, this isn't uh, Arsenal fan TV podcast in case you're wondering, um, but we, we will get back to talking about Watford now in it, blood. Um, but yeah, that was my little impression of uh, of that Troops guy. Um, but yeah, um, wasn't to be, never mind. Uh, in terms of the, the King chance and probably sums up our day in front of goal. Uh, to be honest, James, uh, this might be a little bit critical. If he had squared it to Saar, would he have put it in? Well, I'll I'm, be honest. I'm, not so sure, I'm not so sure he would have personally. I mean, obviously, it, w- it would have been a fantastic chance. But, you know, like... I think he went about missing that in... for me yesterday. Saar did. Oh, yeah. He, he, was, he, he was really, really poor. I mean, there were some fans on Twitter... Um, well, it's always a bad idea to look at Twitter after a Watford defeat anyway. Um, but there were yeah. some fans on Twitter, you know, calling for Saar to be sold in January, you know, saying we should get rid of him. Um, I, I absolutely disagree with, with them statements. I, I think Saar is still by far uh, our most talented player. He's our best player. Yes, you know, recently he's, he's not been great ever since probably um, probably the Everton game, really. Um, he, he's not been, you know, firing on, on all cylinders and... I think we just got to be patient because we know what he offers. He scores goals. You know, I'm sure he'll still be our, our top goal scorer come come the end of this season. And I think it's more of a case of, of patience with Star. I think, you know, chopping and changing the fullbacks, you know, probably isn't helping him. I know you mentioned earlier, Mike, that, you know, his best his best play comes comes uh, when he's partnered with, with Kiko Feminier. But, you know, I thought both of them yesterday were, were absolutely dreadful, really. Yeah, well, you thought Feminier was dreadful as well. Yeah, I just I just felt that you know he he gets attracted to the ball, he, he ball watches, um, and I think he comes in in two times as well. You know, there was times yesterday that he was almost standing next to next to Craig Cathcart when, when maybe he, he should have been out wide. And you know, Nuno Tavares and Laconga, um, Abamyang, they they had a field day against him. You know, in in my opinion, I just felt that you know Jeremy Ngakia defensively he offers us a lot more and you know because Arsenal dominate possession um you know we, we'll, we'll be defending quite a lot during the game and there won't be many opportunities to break so I think you know Ngakia for me um was probably who who we should have gone with yesterday yeah I think he's injured hence why we didn't play him but um yeah I, I think going forward you know if you're up against a team like Arsenal that do dominate the ball and you're away from home then I think Ngakia, we, we've spoken about it at length on this pod before. He, he was on the bench, actually. I don't know if, if he Ngakia was. was. Yeah, he was on the bench, yeah. Right. I think he'd picked up a little bit of a knock in, in the last game, possibly. But, um, yeah, who, who knows why uh, he was included. Because, as you say, Ngakia was good against Everton. And, yeah, he's more defensive-minded, whereas Kiko uh, likes getting forward a bit too much for my liking. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting view on that. And um, just to round off the day with the crap officiating, uh, Kushka goes and gets booked. For me, in what world is that a yellow card? Yes, he's taken out the man, but, he, well, I, to be honest, I don't even think, I think it was sort of the, the impact of how hard he'd gone into the ball. He got the ball for me, 
and he was shown a yellow card, a second yellow card by Kevin Friend. I mean, I can't even remember what the first one was for. We know that no. Kuska loves going into a heavy challenge, and I love that about players. If you've got a, a, a player that's willing to just absolutely nail any player in his way, you know, yes, he, he'll probably pick up a fair few between yellow cards through the season and red cards, but to me, that shows desire and passion and willingness to fight for the team. But I, I don't know on what planet that was a yellow card, um, especially you know knowing that he was already on a yellow. Uh, you'd like to think that he wouldn't go in there thinking this could get me booked, but sod it. Um, did you also think that wasn't a yellow, or do you think I'm <laughs> chatting absolute waffle and it was a yellow card? No, I, I agree with you. I mean, as, as I said earlier, I mean Maitland Niles was clattered Saar. And, uh, and Kevin Friend didn't really pay any notice to that whatsoever. I mean, Watford, you know, in, in that incident, we, we could have been on, on the counter-attack and, and created an opportunity. And, you know, Kuchka, um, you know, who knows why, why Kevin Friend booked him. I, I've got no idea whatsoever. Uh, maybe we need to go to Peter Walton at BT Sports, and I'm sure, I'm sure he'll help us out. But no, in all Not seriousness... Not Gallagher, though, because he's <laughs> agreed. Apparently, I've seen it on Twitter, on Sky, he said he agreed with all the decisions that were made. Well, they, all Which these ex-refs always agree, don't they? they? They never actually disagree with, with the on-field well, decision. So. The worrying thing is, I'm pretty sure that Dermot Gallagher is still on the board for the referees and has quite an influence in terms of who gets what game, etc. I mean, that listen, that bit might be wrong, so excuse me if it is, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he's still on the board. So he will be sort of doing stuff with the current crop of referees, which is a little bit worrying if that is the case. But I mean, what frustrates me, Mike, is because it was a second yellow, I don't think we can appeal the decision, can we? I think you can only appeal uh, straight red cards, can't you? I believe that is the case, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm so not that's completely makes it more frustrating that, for me. And, you know, as, you know, me, you and Ben have said all podcasts, it just, you know, it really just sums up Kevin well, Friend's performance. And it's just, yeah, it just sums up our it day. It is frustrating. You know, Great day but, out, but it could possibly mean that we actually get to see him run loser now. Yes, yes, it does. I think that's a good point to bring up actually because he's not. Well, he wasn't given a chance un, under Zisco, was he? And he's yet to be no. given a chance under under Claudio Ranieri. I mean, you know, <laughs> we'll get to Man United and we'll probably see Dan Gosling line up in midfield now. But yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, Imran loser does get given a go because you know from what we read before he joined. Um, he seems very, very talented. I mean, we paid eight, nine million pounds for him, our most expensive sign in in the summer, um, and he's only played what forty five minutes of, of Premier League football. So, yeah, great point, and, and hopefully we see him against Manchester United. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fingers crossed that is the case. But um, yeah, it, it was a tough one to take. I mean, there, there was a substitution in the ninety third minute. He brought on Fletcher for Kafka. I get that you're probably chasing the game, maybe thinking. You know, we, we might even be able to nick one here, but if you're going to make a substitution like that, give Fletcher more than three minutes to do something like it. The guy's not a miracle worker, but who knows what the thought process was behind that. But I was absolutely buzzing when he came on because uh, my boss repeatedly tells me how weird and how crap a decision it was to sign Ashley Fletcher because he's a terrible player. And I constantly say to him, look, We've not signed him because he's going to be playing week in, week out up front for the for the first team. He's going to be more of a bit part player in the Cups and that. And he started scoring in the Cups. So whenever he did, I was always messaging him saying, see, that Ashley Fletcher deal was, uh, was, was done for a reason and he's coming alive and that. And 
uh, when Fletcher come on, I said I turned to him and I said I would laugh my head off. <laughs> the equaliser, you will not he's he's the quite tall, to be fair, Fletcher, isn't he? He, uses, he, he can get himself on the end of the, of the headers if if the ball was crossed into him. So yeah, I think yeah. what maybe we need to utilise him, you know, a bit more if if, mm. if we are struggling with the game, target, yeah. man. Because he, you know, he's very, it's deceivingly tall. I think is is the right word to describe him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, it was a defeat in North London. Um, you know. Ben Foster saving a penalty and being probably our man of the match in his 500th Premier League appearance, I think it was, yesterday. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, couldn't be marked with a, a win or a draw. Uh, and it, it is another defeat. Two on the bounce now for uh, Claudio Ranieri's men. And people below us keep picking up points, which isn't great. Um, I think the, the gap now stands at two points, I think. Yeah, I think Burnley have eight points and we're on 10. So we currently sit 17th, um, just above uh, the relegation zone. But obviously, if the results don't go in our favour um, next match week, which will, which will be when we, when we play Manchester United, we, we could find ourselves uh, in the relegation zone, which, which would be worrying. Absolutely. And I think the, um, the, 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 the sackings, you know, there's been a couple of sackings over the weekend and, they concern um, and and they also there's been a new appointment to a Premier League team today as well, uh, and they concern teams in and around our area. So uh, we saw Norwich pick up their first win of the season, uh, and then they went and sacked um, sacked uh, Daniel Farker. But I think that one was already sort of pre-planned, and so they're now looking for a new manager. Uh, Newcastle of today appointed Eddie Howe's manager. Uh, so I think that's a great the, point, by the way. Uh, I see. I think Eddie, Eddie Howe is a massive fraud, um, and <laughs> I, I genuinely, I, I can't stand the man. Uh, and I, I, I don't, don't think, I don't think he'll be there for the long term. But I think you know, to to get them through this season and maybe next season, I think I think he'll do well. Uh, and then the team that have got the identical record to us, um, Aston Villa, have uh, parted ways with Dean Smith, so they're now also looking for a new manager and. I think, you know, you, you have to look at new manager bounces. Yes, we've not really experienced our new manager bounce because we've only won one since he's took over. But I think any man that gets a new manager bounce uh, out of Aston Villa, they're really going to shoot up the table for, for the, the squad that they've got. When, when they click, I, I don't think they're going to be in and around us for much longer, to be honest. But, yeah, apologies for, uh, for going off. We've we've gone off quite a bit on a tangent on this show today, so apologies, ladies and gents. But, uh, yeah, we've become AFTV, we've become Sky Sports. What next? Yeah, and then um, uh, Aston Villa podcast. Uh, the AVFC faithful, we uh, we did a bit of a. I think I went on their podcast, so yeah, uh, we we've covered a bit of everything. But um, yeah, disappointing not not to get the result. Uh, there is an international break now, which. He's annoying. Another bloody international break. I hate international breaks. They're so boring. Um, so, you know, we can't look to come back straight away. And we've gone into the international break on, on the back of a, two defeats in a, in a row, both 1-0. So, um, not the greatest sort of way to enter an international break. And as James has mentioned there, after the international break, unfortunately, the fixtures don't get any easier. It's Man U at home, Leicester away. Chelsea at home and then Man City at home. Uh, oh boy, what a four games that they are, they are going to be. 
Uh, I still think that we can pick up four points out of those uh, four games. I think we can beat Manchester United. Um, I can already hear the listeners laughing at me already after saying that. And I think we can pick up a, a draw away at the King Power. Uh, I think Ranieri has a good homecoming to uh, to the King Power Stadium. And I, I think he sort of pisses on the parade a little bit. And uh, yeah, I think we, uh, we, we sneak a 1-1. Uh, Jamie Vardy always scores against us. So I know what will happen. He'll go through on goal. Foster will bring him down. He'll concede the penalty. And then Vardy will score the penalty. That's generally how it goes. When... If that happens, please buy a lottery ticket, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to do it. Um, so, yeah, um, it's, it's the, they're coming thick and fast, the games are, and they're, they're not getting any easier. Look, look, there's never an easy game in the Premier League. But, uh, yeah, what a horrid run. And hopefully, uh, after that run, we can actually look at picking up some more serious points because... We could find ourselves, as James rightly pointed out, in a very sticky situation if we're not careful. But um, just some news from outside of the game, just to, to finish the podcast on, um, that, that Ben has very kindly put together for us. Uh, goal of the month, you may have seen, was Joshua King's second strike uh, against Everton. You know, he had three to pick from uh, for that uh, after his brilliant. Um, you know, first three goals for Watford at, uh, at his old club, uh, Everton. So his second goal has won the uh, the, the goal of the month. Uh, I still, for some reason, loved Kushka's header because he absolutely like belted it in, uh, and the, hearing the thud of the ball on one of the camera angles that that just completes it for me. So that would have been my personal choice. Um, in terms of injuries, Christian Cabaselli still. He's continuing to improve, beginning running work now as he works his way back from a hamstring strain. Two injuries were picked up during training this week that, um, and they'll keep uh, an eye on both players because, uh, well, they'll keep both players sold on for some weeks. So it was, uh, I don't know if they've named it, I, I think it was Ken Semmer. Uh, he's withdrawn from the, the Sweden squad with an MCL injury to his knee. Uh, and then Quadro Barr, fractured his ankle uh, and he's set for a follow-up scan. So he misses out on international duty with Germany, uh, who he's been doing really well with since he's switched um, switched nationalities. I think he was born in Germany, so that's why he qualifies to play for them. Um, and then long-term absence, uh, Pete Retebo, he's working hard with his rehab. We saw some pictures of him uh, and some videos of him. So he's continuing to make good progress. Uh, and then just away um, from injury news, we could be seeing a familiar face return to Watford FC. Uh, and that man is Craig Shakespeare. So um, I think I think he um, he possibly worked with Ranieri at Leicester. Uh, I don't know why, James, but it strikes me as something that you'd know. Well, you'd know uh, if you worked with him. <laughs> uh, I do not know that. However, I do think you are right. I think for Ranieri's... I think I think he was there for their Premier League winning season. Actually, if he, he was actually, sure. he was because when he left, he managed Leicester the season. Oh, after you know when what? You're actually return. right. He was. Yeah. So yeah, we could be seeing him return uh, following his exit from Aston Villa, as we've said. Football Insider. It's uh, the the. You know, um, I'd, I'd be really happy if that happened as well. So I think yeah. Craig Shakespeare. He, he seems like a really nice guy, and you know, I'm sure He's, the squad liked him when when he was here under Nigel Pearson as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd love to see that happen. Whether it will or not, um, you know, I, I highly doubt it will. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see that happen. 
Yeah, well, we'll keep a close eye on that. As James mentioned, Harry had a short eight-month spell at Watford when uh, Nigel Pearson was manager. Uh, and that ended in July 2020. So, um, yeah, possibly um, the way that that was dealt with, I think, has been, um, you know, highly spoken. No, not highly spoken, but it's been, you know, we've been made aware of how that ended and, um, you know, Pearson sort of talked about it. So uh, it sounded like it wasn't the best of terms in terms of how they ended it. So I'd be very surprised if... Uh, Craig Shakespeare did want to return. Um, and then fixture change, as we all know, Sky Love moving fixtures. Um, I, I could do a whole separate podcast on what I'm about to say. But why on earth Sky chose that game yesterday to be a Sunday? Me and my boss a couple of weeks before went through every Premier League game that was on this season, we was, um, on this weekend. We was like, right, what, is, what games are on the weekends that we're playing each other? who says that's going to be a Sunday, that's got to be a Sunday because of Europa League. But no, they chose us to be the Sky game on a Sunday. It would have been perfect if we were the early game on the Saturday or if we were the three o'clocker on Saturday, but it was not to be. Um, Sky have also now moved our home game against Norwich to a Friday night. So that's now going to kick off on Friday, January the 21st with a kick-off time of 8pm live on Sky. Should either club be involved in an FA Cup third round replay, then the match is likely to be moved to Sunday the 23rd of Jan at 12pm, remaining live on Sky Sports. So if Watford do a Watford, draw a lower league team in the FA Cup third round and struggle to get past them at Vicarage Road, then we'll be playing on the Sunday the 23rd instead. Uh, and then just to end the podcast, um, it's not his birthday yet, but we've been informed that one of our regular listeners and one of our regular interactors um, is turning 17 on the 16th of November. Uh, Jamie Davis, if you're listening, happy birthday for the 16th of November. Um, thank you to Chloe Parker for getting in touch with us. Uh, happy and, and birthday <laughs> to you. God. Happy that needs birthday to stop immediately, guys. Happy you birthday, DJ. Happy birthday, DJ. Um, but yeah, um, brilliantly sung there by, by James Baxter. Thank you very uh, much. He also, he, he, any birthday shout outs or sing songs you want, James Baxter is a man. All you got to do is PayPal me £20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're underselling yourself there, James. Underselling yourself <laughs> rapidly, mate. But yeah, no, massive happy birthday to Jamie for the 16th. Um, we would have done it next week because obviously the 17th isn't for another couple of weeks, but it's an international break. So we're having a very well-deserved uh, break. So there will be no podcast next weekend because there will be no game to dissect uh, unless we all want to jump on and talk about my Saturday League team's game. And uh, we'll dissect that if you want. But uh, no, in all seriousness, happy birthday, Jay. Um, we, we know how much you enjoy the podcast and, we love the messages that you get from us. And he was very, very lucky to be the competition winner for uh, the Southampton tickets the other week. And we're glad that you enjoyed that and everything. So we hope you have a brilliant 17th birthday. And, uh, you know, hopefully you've, you've get some driving lessons for your birthday, mate. And uh, hopefully all, all goes well. But, um, yeah, I think that's a very ap- appropriate way to end the podcast on a, on a positive, happy note there and on, on the back of, 
James singing happy birthday. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it, 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 it is tough to talk about defeats, but uh, it, you've made it somewhat easier getting to speak to two of my best mates about it uh, in the form of James and Ben. Uh, but from myself, Mike Duffy, from Ben Aiton and from James Butchler, we really do appreciate you listening as always. Stay safe. We will see you not next week, but the week after. So hopefully, I need to stop saying this at the end of every part because we keep bloody losing. But hopefully, it will be talking about a victory over the Red Devils and maybe the final nail in the coffin for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back to talk about the Manchester United game uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But yeah, till then, stay safe and come on, you horns. Podcast Network.